So today I'll be talking about perception of stimuli, or seeing, essentially. And there's actually a very strong neurobiological component to seeing, which is often ignored, but nevertheless very interesting. So let's get into how it actually works. So if we look at the structure of the eye, there are essentially three major layers that surround the eye. These are the sclera, the choroid, and the retina. And visual perception essentially begins at the retina, which is the innermost layer of the eye. So now if we sort of zoom into the retina, it's this layer surrounding the eye. Um, It essentially has photoreceptors. So what really are photoreceptors? Well, essentially they're a kind of sensory receptor. Uh, So sensory receptors are basically molecules that detect changes in the environment, which are known as stimuli. And photoreceptors specifically detect electromagnetic radiation. And here I'm specifically referring to visible light, which ranges between around 400 to 740 nanometers in wavelength. Now there are two subtypes of photoreceptors, and I'm sure you've all heard this before. There are the rod cells and the cone cells. So the rod cells essentially have non-specific absorption. So they absorb a very large range of different wavelengths of light. Now recall that different wavelengths of light correspond to different colors uh, that are detected. And the fact that the rod cells, which are one kind of cells, can absorb such a large variety or such a large range of wavelengths suggests that it can't actually distinguish between colors because they're all absorbed by the same cell. By contrast, cone cells are highly specific, so they can distinguish color, and this is because there are essentially three kinds of cone cells, which are called opsins, and opsins are essentially G-coupled protein receptors, which are basically receptors that, um, that get activated, and then they activate a secondary messenger system within the cell. And that's an entirely different mechanism, which I won't talk about here because it's quite detailed, but essentially the cones uh, contain these opsins and there are red opsins, blue opsins, and green opsins, which detect red, blue, and green light respectively. And essentially it is the relative ratio of the amount of light detected by each type of cone cell which allows us to determine the color of anything that we're seeing. So essentially you're basically seeing a mixture of red, blue, and green, which is pretty fascinating, right? And cone cells are concentrated most in the fovea, and the fovea is basically located at the center of the back of the eye. And when light hits the fovea, that's where we see the clearest vision because it has the highest number of cone cells. And here's an interesting fact. The common um, disorder, I'd say, uh, called red-green color blindness is a disease where... um, a person can distinguish between red and green colors. And guess where this comes from? Uh, Malfunction in the red and green cone cells. And this is actually present much more commonly in males because the gene that actually codes for the red and green opsins or cone cells is actually located on the X chromosome, which is uh, sex-linked. And because males have only one X chromosome, Anytime their X chromosome exhibits this um, allele, then they'll show the trait. While in contrast, if a female has only one X chromosome showing this mutation, then she won't necessarily exhibit she won't exhibit the trait unless both her X chromosomes show the same mutation. So that's why it's much more common in males than in females. And it's pretty interesting to see the link between the opsins and red-green color blindness. Anyway, so back to photoreceptors. So 
So essentially, these rod cells and these cone cells detect light depending on um, how clear or how bright it is. So rod cells tend to detect dimmer light and cone cells tend to detect brighter light. And this occurs because the pigment present in rod cells, which is called rhodopsin, it's another kind of opsin, it essentially gets bleached in dim light because, in bright light, sorry, because light splits the molecule into its two parts, which are the retinal and the opsin. And when this happens, it can't absorb any more photons and therefore it's bleached because it can't detect light anymore. By contrast, Cone cells in bright light still have the ability to detect light um, because of their pigment called iodopsin, as well as their red, blue, and green opsins. And because these function well in bright light, that's uh, the reason behind the differences between the rods and the cone cells in terms of light intensity. So when these photoreceptors detect light, they connect it to the bipolar neurons. So they form synapses with with certain neurons called bipolar neurons. But here we have to note that cone cells and rod cells synapse differently with bipolar neurons. So cone cells synapse with bipolar neurons in a one is to one ratio. And this means that each cone cell gets its own little bipolar neuron to synapse with. And that's quite nice because that allows the entire signal uh, detected from the cone cell to be transmitted to the bipolar neuron and consequently to the brain. By contrast, rod cells have it worse because they have to share their signals all their signals among one bipolar neuron. So there are usually several rod cells that synapse onto one bipolar neuron. And because of this, each rod cell can't entirely send its own signal to the bipolar neuron and it sort of gets divided between multiple rod cells. And because this happens, the vision is a lot less clear in contrast to cones, which allow for much clearer vision. So bipolar neurons are essentially important. Their main function is simply the transmission of these signals from the photoreceptors to the ganglion cells. So just to recap what we learned so far, there is the photoreceptors, which are located in the retina, and they contain special opsins, and uh, they perform differently in dim and bright light. And lastly, they respond differently to color vision. And these photoreceptors synapse with bipolar neurons. Cone cells synapse in a 1 is to 1 ratio, while rod cells synapse in a many is to 1 ratio. And it's because of this that the difference in clarity between each photoreceptor differs. Now these bipolar neurons connect to ganglion cells. And these are the next kind of cells that are important for visual processing. And there really isn't much to say about ganglion cells except for the fact that they receive signals from the bipolar neurons and they essentially meet to form nerve fibers and they are essentially what lead into the optic nerve and ultimately the visual cortex of the brain. So these ganglion cells all head towards a special location in the back of the eye called the optic disc or the optic nerve head and this is essentially the point of exit for the ganglion cells. And here in fact there are no cone cells or rod cells and this is basically what constitutes a blind spot that everyone knows about. So once these uh, ganglion nerves reach the optic disc, they go on to the optic nerve and this optic nerve leads into the brain. But the way this happens is slightly different. So the optic nerves from each eye 
in fact, cross over once they reach the brain. And this crossing over of the optic nerves is called the optic chiasma. And because of this, inputs from the left field of vision go into the right hemisphere of the brain and inputs from the right field of vision go to the left hemisphere of the brain. So this is sort of where that saying comes from that your left hemisphere processes the right side of your body and vice versa but essentially that is what's happening here. The left visual cortex is processing the right field of vision and the other way around and that's essentially basically an overview of how visual processing works. So there's the photoreceptors, there's the bipolar neurons, there's the ganglion cells, and then the optic nerve and the optic chiasma ultimately leading to the visual cortex. There's two other important cells that I'd like you to know about. So firstly, there's the horizontal cells. And these essentially regulate the amount of light seen. Um, so they allow the eyes to sort of adjust to bright light and dim light. And this actually occurs through a negative feedback mechanism. So during dim light, the horizontal cells, you'd think that they would be resting and they would be hyperpolarized. And if you don't know what hyperpolarization is, you can refer to the overview of an action potential podcast that I made earlier. But you would think that in dim light, they would be resting or hyperpolarized. But in fact, the opposite happens. In dim light, horizontal cells are depolarized and they're firing, they're active. And because they're depolarized, this actually inhibits photoreceptor cells from depolarizing and from firing. And in fact, hyperpolarizes photoreceptor cells. So when bright light hits, these horizontal cells become hyperpolarized and this allows photoreceptor cone cells to become depolarized and to consequently fire and then transmit their nerve impulses. So this is sort of a regulatory mechanism that these horizontal cells have because they actually sort of control or they influence the amount of firing of the photoreceptors. So they do play quite an important role in controlling our sense of vision amacrine cells and these are another kind of cells and there isn't a lot of information known about them there's still quite a bit of research linking them to diseases and linking them to other specific functions but um, they're known to be involved in the release of um, certain neurotransmitters so dopamine acetylcholine and they've also been shown to uh, regulate the circadian rhythm which is kind of the sleep-wake cycle of humans and they've also been shown to act in a similar manner to horizontal cells to help regulate the amount of light entering, being detected by the eye. But there have been a lot of different types of amacrine cells founded, and they are present in a diversity of animals, so they definitely do play a crucial role. But investigation and research into this is very new and very ongoing. But um, nevertheless, it's important to know about their existence and their uh, function in visual processing. So just to completely sum up for one last time, photoreceptors, rot cells, and cone cells, nonspecific color vision, specific color vision, dim light, bright light, rhodopsin, and three different kinds of opsins. These connect to bipolar neurons. Rot cells connect in a many-is-to-one ratio. Cone cells connect in a one-is-to-one ratio. And then these bipolar neurons connect to ganglion cells, which eventually connect to the optic nerve through the optic disc. And these lead onto the brain through the optic chiasma, and then to their corresponding opposite visual processing center. And then there's the horizontal and the amacrine cells, which perform important regulatory processes for, uh, field, for detection of vision. So there you go. That is how light 
in the retina is detected and how it's transmitted and how it specifically goes through specific visual pathways to ultimately reach the visual cortex in the brain.